Welcome to Weightlifting Yarns, where we chat about all things weightlifting in Aotearoa and all around the world. Welcome back to Weightlifting Yarns. You're with Ray Everest and my man HJP, Hayden Pritchard. How are you, mate? I'm going well, mate. It's been a busy week, but a good week. So um, fair bit on with the first week of semester coming back, back into teaching. Um, yeah, just been been a bit hectic trying to get back into it and back into that mode. What's life like on the campus at the moment? Is it um, play on as usual? No one's COVID worried? Um, like everyone's back on site and classes are pretty much in person. We have like, we still offer some of them, like, you know, to record so people can come if they want to, but I've had everyone at my classes this week. Um, and it's an O week on campus as well. So a lot of different activities happening and to be fair, it, it, it feels like a normal reorientation week for semester two. There's people everywhere and. It's packed. I mean, there's a few more hand sanitizer bottles around, um, but generally it yep. kind of just feels normal, I guess. Yeah, it's been. Um, um, we were in Auckland in the weekend, and you know, looking at what even Australia is going through right now with a bit of a resurgence of COVID, and I think that day America had like seventy-one thousand COVID cases confirmed. Mate, we're we're living in the dream right now. It's you know we are generally um, well, and when I say we, I mean Courtney and I in terms of who we are in terms of our business and things. Like it's play on for a large portion of people. Um, it's quite quite strange because there are people really struggling around the world, and we're just going on their status quo. Yeah, yeah. I like you see the the like some of Australia going back into another lockdown and schools going back online and stuff. Um, yeah, and so it feels almost a bit strange that over here we we're kind of back to classroom teaching, you know, normal as as, yeah. as per normal practicals in the gym and the lab, and it it feels to me like a normal semester. Uh, but I guess last semester started off like that. It sort of suddenly happened for us here. It was pretty normal, and then we got into that lockdown pretty much within twenty four hours. We were switched over, um, but. I don't know, you know, fingers crossed and all that, that we, that we can keep it under control and they keep the keep that border as it is pretty much. And, you know, the isolation and stuff, it seems to be going all right from, from my end at least. Um, so if we can avoid that community stuff, we'll probably be able to stay operating almost as per normal as an isolated little island down here. So, Yeah, I, I feel for... themselves um, and stick with what they're trying to do and achieve in life um, you know uh, it's either re-innovate or stick with it isn't it yeah yeah exactly um, I, I missed you a little bit of what you said at the start there you, said you cut out just a just a tad but um, <laughs> yeah yeah how's the weightlifting yeah. anyway mate how's coaching um, yeah, pretty good, mate. We um, so we've got Medea building towards secondary schools, um, which is not far away now for four and a half weeks, pretty much. Um, and Jamie, so um, yeah, well, I'll pick back up Mousy, Jamie. So Jamie and Danny, I worked with at Epsom Strength and got them into weight. They were two young sisters at the time. Jamie was ten. 
and Danny was she's seventeen now, so maybe she was thirteen. Yeah. Um, both exceptional athletes. In fact, Danny was the national record holder for youth and potentially junior um, for snatch. Um, she competed in the what was the 48 kilo class, but was nowhere near 48 kilos. Um, yeah. Maybe she weighed 43 or something. But I think she held the record at 49 kilos snatch. Um, yeah, um, she was actually an exceptionally good athlete. And, and Mousy too. Mousy's just um, – she kind of dropped away just some um, gymnastics injuries and – um, just that a few other factors um, still came back on, and but she's had a year off, and she came down and trained with us last week, and um, she, mate, it was like she trained yesterday. So, you know, she just got straight back into it, moving well, um, but she's gotten taller, and so I'm really excited um, for her. And then we've got um, Felicity. Um, Felicity's a real, um, really interesting. So she's super tall, mate. Like she's 15. And mate, she'd be easily six foot, if not six foot one. Um, and she's fifteen, and um, she's been doing cross for a long time. And she, but she the growth so far in terms of the barbell and understanding the barbell has been very cool. And so she's getting prepped for secondary schools as well. So we've got three from here, um, which will be quite competitive. So that's cool. And where are you yeah. guys? Are you guys really hosting cool. one up there, or do you have to go to? No, we now we're going to go to Auckland. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna. I was originally gonna come down to Wanganui, but um, um, it's just easier for us to go to Auckland. It's not as big a travel. With yeah. like me personally, Quinn and I have got a place to stay there. Um, you know, um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Back to FSO, which will be good. Hmm. Yeah, it's always a good comp there as well. Yeah. You don't really yeah have to worry about you know the platforms or anything. You don't have to share those. They're not no. close. You've you've got lots of space and stuff. It's it's always nice. Yeah, absolutely. And what about yourself, mate? How's, how's coaching? How's the team? How's everything going? Yeah, um, obviously you've got weightlifting. We're, during semester break, we had you know a little bit of a random times and stuff like that. So uh, we only really had uh, Manaki showing up over that time period. But um, we're back into it, and um, there's Manaki, and there's another lifter, Jaden, who's brand new um, to weightlifting. So that's that's really cool getting to start. Um, yeah, you know, I, I always love working with the newbies and, and kind of taking them through the process and seeing those improvements. Um, so we've got those two at the moment. Um, and then we've got, uh, well, yeah, that, that's it for the UCOL club at the moment, really, in terms of regulars, as we've just got the two. Um, but yep. I mean, that, that happens. I sort of see, you know, it comes in swings and roundabouts and sometimes you'll have five or six and other times you'll have one or two. Um, but I was kind of thinking this morning, you know, it's just you always show up as a coach and you do the work and eventually more people will come again. Um, but I don't, yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind having the two of them. You can you can focus on it and I, I join in sometimes as well and have a little bit of a, bit of a lift with them. Um, yep. So sometimes the small group's quite nice for that, but Menaki's been going pretty hard with it from last year and he's getting into a little bit more of the coaching side too. Um, so that would be why I would like more athletes as I can start to give Menaki a bit of responsibility in terms of the coaching um, because, you know, developing yeah, sure. coaches is one of the major objectives with the club. And um, you probably heard recently that Jack, um, who was 
I mean, yep. with the UK weightlifting, old Richie Patterson's snapped him up to take up to Auckland. So for me, that's yeah. a massively successful outcome, you know, like Jack yep. gets to go up there and, and learn from those guys, which is just going to be awesome for his development as a coach. So I'm, I'm absolutely stoked. Obviously gutted that he's not going to be here with PNWC, but um, that's, that's why you, why I try and develop the coaches, right. Is to, to give people these opportunities, introduce them to people, network them and, something like that comes up, flip, take it with both hands. And I'm excited to see what sort of comes um, from that. So that's a real cool outcome from my perspective. So talk, talk through a little bit more about that and what they're trying to, what their kind of general aim is for him, for Jack. Um, well, I think he's going up and he's going to be coaching. This is my understanding. I, I could be a little bit wrong. So he's going to be doing some coaching, I think, of classes, but then he's also going to be doing for the first we while uh, quite a bit of shadowing of the coaching that Richie Patterson's doing. So yep. he's essentially, I, I guess it's almost coaching with a little bit of an internship or a mentorship type yep. program for his coaching. So um, that's, that's my understanding of the initial bit. He'll have to be doing a little bit of work still at, uh, I believe it's torpedo seven up there that he works at down here. He's yep. going to, I think transfer and get some regular income from that but try and spend yep. in the most of his time in, in the in the gym really and develop as a coach, which yeah, I you can't you can't buy that sort of stuff, you know, like the experience that you'll get from no. being under someone who's been to is it three Olympic games? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah, three Olympic games. Yeah. You're gonna pick yeah, up a lot. Absolutely. Yeah, I know and it's and a cool thing. And talking about coach development, you know, um it's sort of where I, coach and referee development is where I've trying to pour a lot more energy because like without coaches and referees, we can't really grow, mm -hmm. you know, because, because weightlifting is not a sport where I can, well, I can try, but, um, you know, you need to have, um, a good group of people that know the sport really well. Um, and apart from Otago, you know, um, well, and Strength HQ doing it, you know, um, where they've, but Simon and, and Simon and Tina are ex super experienced coaches. Like, I'm meaning to grow the sport at new levels and new grassroots spaces. Coaching and refereeing is just so vital, isn't it? It's mm -hmm. just so important. Because um, it's, and, and I always say this, like, you don't have to have all the technical knowledge if you're willing to go out and find it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like, and once you help, as a coach, once you understand your kind, your own philosophies around coaching, around movement, around programming, um, around comp day, um, uh, I think that's taken me so long, and it wasn't until I did the process with Simon that I got, got to put it on paper. My coach um, PYP, like it was, you know, I got I put it all down on paper. I rubbed it out. I started again. I added notes. I you know, and then kind of really settled on what I believe in um, and my areas of growth. On that, um, yeah. that PYP, what what does that mean? And, and... So, so, yeah, so basically we, I was lucky enough to be asked as one of the coaches around New Zealand to um, basically fill out a coach coaching document that kind of puts out my plans um, for coaching in general and then uh, long-term plans and it was a real hard one um, because I what I what I was asked what I was asked to do was like 
you know, what are you trying to achieve this year? What are you trying to achieve in three years and five years? And our sport um, is quite hard. Um, like, I, I must say, I don't have massive aspiration. Or, like, I'm not hinging everything on me becoming a coach that goes to Worlds or Com Games or... Um, I'd love to, don't get me wrong. I'd love to, but I'm not hinged on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't... It's not going to make or break me as a as a person, as an individual, as a coach, because um, yeah. I just have a genuine love for the sport. So, um, but what it helped me realise is, um, and this is where I've become far better. Um, I'm way more present um, at a whole range of things, so that when it is coaching time, I'm real present there. When I when it is being a dad, I am real present there. Um, you know, um, work present. You know, it's just trying to make sure that um, I've got a bit of a day-to-day and then a, um, around what I'm trying to be as a coach. And then and just it gives it gives an opportunity for feedback and feed forward amongst other coaches. That's the cool thing, if you're willing to, you know, if, you, if you're willing to kind of be um, – expose yourself a wee bit like that, which I am. I always, I always have been. Um, but, yeah, real good process. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that just popped into my head as you're talking through that, completely unrelated, you lifted in the weekend. I did. I did. Um, actually, <laughs> I don't know how we didn't talk about that at the start. <laughs> but I was yes, just like, hang but, on, we haven't but even you know mentioned what? that. Um, yeah, uh, also, um, I got I coached in the weekend too. So I had um, a guy, Ryan Sione, who he used to lift under Danny Namani um, when him and his wife um, lived around Mangarewe or something around that way and and this was a few years back, maybe two two years ago. Um, and he's kind of been he's been down here, and um, so I knew him because I, I I met him obviously through Danny, but also um, I used to um, personal train his stepdad, um, yeah, who was a good, really good guy. And um, anyway, so Ryan finally got back on the platform through this program that we've been that Haley and I've been running at Mount CrossFit, and we finally got him back on the platform. And he had a ball, um, it was crazily, in his weight class and age, so he's a master's lifter, in his age bracket and weight class, there was another competitor, which is so strange because normally you go to a club comp and that's just not the case. Um, so there, so he had direct competition. Really cool. And I kind of got sucked into that. I kind of got sucked into to that um he was Ryan was eight kilos behind after the snatch, um, and uh, but I knew he had a pretty decent clean and jerk in him, you know, kind of ten fifteen at least 110, 115. Um, and so Ryan was eight kilos behind in the snatch. Um, we put him out at a hundred kilos, so that gives him a one eighty five total. And then his competitor, I saw his last warm up, and it didn't look real convincing at 95, but he went out, nevertheless, he went out at 101, and that put him, uh, sorry, 10, he must have gone out at 102. So he ended up on a, I don't know, who must win at 101? So he ended up on a 194 total. So we put Ryan back out at 110, and that gave Ryan a 195 total. And then, yeah, we I played some coaching tricks and forced this guy to make some decisions, and um, he missed the 112 clean and jerk and then went up to one. We put Ryan to 120 and he missed the 115 jerk. Um, 
And then, uh, yeah, so we, we ended up beating this guy without having to take – but we ended up that and he ended up PBing the clean and missing the jerk. Uh, 120, P, 120 clean was like a 9-kilo PV. So, so um, yeah, it was, um, it, was a, it was a cool little effort. Was this all why you were warming up for your clean and jerk too? Well, yeah, I kind of stuffed up my own warm-up because I was so involved and I had to warm up within Tavita's lifts. Tavita was after Ryan. There was three lifts before before me. So I basically did a set at the bar, a set at 110, and a set at a single at 130 and went out. <laughs> so that was me. <laughs> and what did you open yeah. on? So I can't, well, I opened at 136 um, because um, the reason for 136 is because that would have been, if it was, um, a master's record for 109s. So that's why I pushed to that. But, mate, I was like seeing stars as a, I hadn't had time to even really dial in and clean the jerk. Um, so, yeah, basically, I, I actually went over and said to Davida, can he slow down a bit um, so I can get some breath and trying to, um, yeah, so I, yeah, it was a pretty fast warm-up, but um, not not how I'll intend to do it because I'm trying to, uh, both Ryan and I, we're aiming for Masters Nationals. I'll compete at Masters Nationals and try and put up a big total for World Masters Games. I'd like to push north of 290. Um so I ended up doing 125-145 with a missed jerk on the second attempt, um, which was, yeah, I was seeing bloody stars in that one um, after the clean. Um, but look, I, I was amazed to put those sorts of numbers over my head because the heaviest I'd lifted um, was like 115-130-odd um, before that. So, yeah, by... by uh, Masters Nationals, I'd love to do kind of um, 130 plus, 160 plus would be really nice. Because um, in Hamilton, I did 29 on my second, I did 129 on my second attempt and 157, and that was really easy. Um, so just try to get back to some of that form. And have you been lifting consistently up until this, or is it? Um, I've been doing c- certainly three full days, um, three, three days, if not. If I can squeeze in a fourth on a on a Thursday or a Saturday morning, I do. Um, so yeah, uh, but I'll try to milk building into the last kind of six or five weeks before Masters Nationals. I'll try and ramp that up a wee bit more. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been it's been yeah. I'm just getting heaps of quality stuff done and um, yeah, nothing nothing real vigorous that I'm coming out real sore but um and the squats are going up nicely which is really good um yeah pretty comfortable pretty comfortable working sets i, I generally try to stick to three working sets with squats and doesn't doesn't seem to destroy me for the rest of the week and i do two sessions of squats um a week and um just add my pulls where i can after the lifts and that's about it yeah, yeah, that's and like I guess that's you trying to balance everything that's going on because you're coaching multiple times yeah. a week and obviously with the business and that. So three, if you can get three good quality days, I imagine that's that's probably pretty decent. And I think what you mentioned before about having, you know, if you're coaching, you're coaching. If you're working, you're working. Um, being able yeah. to have that real quality emphasis on those three days, it means that it doesn't, you know, you don't need yeah. six days if every day you go in is a real high quality focus, you're, you're, you're emphasizing being better. Um, yeah. It kind of makes a difference yeah. to have that mindset throughout the session. 
Yeah, and and I've gotten smarter in terms of because I'm using some of old Glenn's old stuff. Um, but I but what I've found is I've upped the ante with a lot more of just the volume on lifts at that kind of eighty eighty five percent. Well, maybe eighty five percent at that eighty percent. Like, and I get good gauges. I'm basically taking my gauge off volume and how I'm coping with the eighth and ninth rep. Does that you know what I mean? Um, versus weight. Um, so how I'm feeling, how I move at the eighth rep or ninth rep, um, is really um, is really the telltale for me in terms of what shape I'm in. Um, so, uh, and then I generally base my confidence off how my squats are going too. Yeah. Like if I'm easily back to certain numbers, then I then I expect to hit. Like I had a two twenty back squat um, a couple of weeks ago, pretty comfortable. Um, uh, and the week before, I missed it. So I hit that two twenty pretty comfortable. And I so in me, I said, "Oh, well, that's certainly a one twenty, one forty plus, one forty five, you know, one forty plus clean and jerk." Like knowing that strength level, um, and I was stoked to hit twenty five. I was, I was really stoked to hit that um, on the weekend because you went I haven't three from touched three anything. Yeah, I went three from three in the snatch, and I should have gone three from three in clean and jerk because I. What I would have done would have been 36, would have, which would have been a Masters record if it was a championship event. Um, then 45, which I should have put away, but yeah, just seeing stars, um, I quickly tried to get through the jerk but um, before falling over. Um, but put it away on the third one. And I probably would have just gone um, 45, maybe 52, 152 for a third if I'd, um, if I'd made that second. Yeah, and because yeah. that's what I that's that's what I think. Um, the reason my reasoning for that is I think fifty two will f- around that fifties early fifties will be my opening um, one for Masters Nationals. Um, what date is that? Remind me. Uh, I think it's the seventeenth and eighteenth of October. It's basically it's basically a month from Nationals, actual oh, yeah. Nationals. Will you compete at mm. Open Nationals or not? Nah? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I will. But I'll probably go in as a super. Um, like, I weighed in 108.5, um, but part of my um, feedback for myself being a coach at Nationals, I don't eat well enough. You know, like I get so sucked in and um, and I just end up bloody living on lollies and, and junk. And uh, that's actually part of the reason why I believe I made that mistake with Haley at Nationals. That. I was just, you know, I was just tired. Yeah. So, and I want to compete because it's here. Uh, but yeah, I'll probably, true. but I just means I'm gonna, I'm just gonna eat all the way through the weekend. I'm yep. not gonna worry about cutting weight, and because and, I, because my priority, my priority is coaching. Um, um, but it makes sense for me to lift here because it's hometown, and um, and uh, and also because we're putting on the event, I still want to, I want to be part of it in, in every way, in every way I can. So um, yeah, so I'll just probably lift as a super, even though I'll probably be about 110 kilos, I reckon. Yeah. Um, I'm just not going to bother trying to not eat on the Sunday and you know what I mean? I'm just going to wake up, have breakfast, everything, just go about my normal day. So are you having much to do with the organization of the event or have you got other people sort of helping or delegating stuff? No, no, yeah, stuff? yeah no, it's, it's myself. It's myself, Steph, and another guy, Paul Jones, uh, Medea, who I coach, is her dad. Um, yeah, fuck. It's been, it's been a bit of a tough road, if I'm being honest. COVID hasn't helped our chances in terms of funding. But we have had some very positive meetings with Tauranga City Council Tech, who are a, they're a technology-based group down here, who are really positive about it because it's a national event, which is which really helps us. 
Um, so yeah, Tauranga City Council, uh, we have we've applied to, to a whole bunch of um, gaming trusts, and that. so we're just waiting right now. We're just waiting to hear back from a few people, but we but the conversation from people has been really positive about it. So hopefully, we we need about fifty grand, um, yeah. and because um, we really know because one of our pushes is for hosting an international, and we'd love to host an international here. Um, we don't know about if it could be an international senior event because generally the IWF like to take over the um, accommodation, but um, and that means you've got to have um, athletes in certain places. And I, I and I also believe it's probably for drug testing why they have to be in certain spots as well. Um, but hopefully for masters, that, hopefully that aspect is changing though soon. With all the changes, uh, yeah, yeah, but I think, mate, mate, the big events to get, mate, it's the um, it's the Masters events, man. Like mm-hmm. we can get hundreds of athletes, you know, like the one in Spain a couple of years back, they had to stop the entries because there was just so many. It was like eight hundred entries. That's a lot, eh? Yeah, and they don't need to stay in hotel. You know, they don't need to stay in one spot. They can all be Airbnb and stay wherever they want, like. Mate, that's the event to get in terms of a, a big uh, money earner. That's the Masters community, and they would love to come down here, man. Like, this is the place to be. Well, it's a, not, it's a nice place to go, man, Tauranga. Like, you're going to – Yeah, yeah. People are going to want to go there because it's a little bit of a, a spot too, although internationals yeah. at the moment, it's hard to know yeah. what yeah. can happen in the next you know couple of years, really, because um, it looks yeah. like next year <laughs> it's not looking promising at this stage anyway to – to have much international no. travel or anything. No, it's not at all. But an oceanic event could potentially go ahead. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's that's true. If we get that um, the one with the islands sort of going, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So so that's kind of um, where we're at with nationals and we're really we're really looking forward to putting on a show, but fingers crossed we um, get a few sponsors through um, Real look, COVID's had a massive effect on business in general. So we understand, we have empathy for it. Um, it's just we really believe in what we're trying to achieve here in terms of putting on a big spectacle for our community. Um, you know, we want our athletes to have the best platform, um, figuratively and um, obviously. Have um, you got the venue? Yeah, yeah, Bay Park. Okay. Bay Park. Yeah, in the Trust Arena. Is that um, the one by the fields, or is that the one that hosts the? Was it the fitness used to host the? Cross yeah, basically where, where the nationals was. Yeah, yep, ah, basically yeah. there, exactly there. Yeah, yeah, yep. yep. Oh, yeah. That'd be a cool, cool so, venue. Yeah, and we've put the back. So the warm up area is out in the back here because if uh, I don't know, were you in, you were in Dunedin? Did you go to Dunedin no, for nationals? No, I wasn't there for that one. So, so the issue was like it was awesome. And the, initially, the warm-up area was out on one of the courts, but then they came over and were like, oh, no, nah, we can't have that because you're going to break the basketball court. So they moved us into the hallway, and it was a, it was a real hazard. Like, the end platform was on a lean. Um, and I remember watching, like, I think David, certainly David and maybe Joachim and I think Saki. Saki was there. And warming, out in the, in the, uh, warming up out in the bloody hallway. I was just thinking, man, someone's going to put 160 kilos or 180 kilos through a wall here. Um, I remember um, yeah, so, we had we had a powerlifting cop here at UCOL, 
and we had like this little hallway in between but everyone was cramped into the space and I thought about you know trying to host a weightlifting comp potentially from UCOL but man I yeah I, in that space we had for that warm-up room it would be chaos if someone started taking some steps <laughs> um yeah so I feel yeah. what that space yeah. is like <laughs> yeah so what we've got back here at Bay Park um is all the the space where they keep all the audio and visual gear is this it's basically it's perfect mate that's actually we actually even had a piece of wood and we just mapped out how many platforms we could get in there and it's perfect it's concrete floor yeah. it's hidden away um, we've created a tunnel leading up to the platform the platform's raised um and quite high as well um yeah we, we're really trying to up the ante by having a bit of an opening ceremony on the Thursday night and for, to invite sponsors. And we're really trying to up the ante as a pinnacle event. Um, but we just really need to lock in some uh, sponsorship money to really get this going. And um, is it going to be two days or three days that you were looking at? Because I thought... Yeah, well, no, 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 that was wrong. No, it's three days. It is three days. No, there's no way... Mate, I saw last week there was like 175 people who qualified for nationals. 175. Just, yeah, that was last week. Oh, flat. Yeah, and then there's club comps and all sorts. Yeah, mate, I hope we get everyone. I would love to have a national yeah. event that big. That would be awesome. Well, that's, you know, that's one I of wanna... the things I'm quite excited for this year is every other year I've had um, just one athlete or two athletes there, and I think they're on the cards, if a couple of people get qualifiers, there might be four athletes that I work with attending. So yeah. that would be awesome. Yeah. Like I'd be hanging uh-huh. out if we could get four HJP method on the platform. Be an awesome weekend, man. Be so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I, I mean. I hope, you know, people are like, oh, then not everyone will go for it. But, mate, I hope people listen and, and, and if they've got the opportunity to come to the event, they've got to come. You know, like um, it's not just for the for the platform stuff; it's just for our community. And, and and you know, this will be the first and only major event this year here in New Zealand. You know, mm. um, um, and and hey, like we've we've got to get together as a community and um, and really put it together because um, I, I'm excited because you know why I want more numbers. The other reason is because then it means that we've got to stay at something this big. We can't default back to a gym or, um, you know, somewhere small. It's got to be a big event that can cope. And like America, maybe run dual, dual platforms, you know. Um, I, I don't know. I just want – I just would love to see – imagine a Nationals where they've got 200 entries. It would just from be amazing. A, from a funding perspective, like getting – I guess we can probably talk a little bit about some of the admin side because I think it's part of it when you're an athlete, you might not quite understand – the stuff that goes on like behind um, the scenes. Yeah. So obviously when I incorporated um, Palms North Weightlifting Club, one of the objectives is that we can end up applying for funding and, you know, yes. having a space that is that is owned by the club and we can all train together. That's that's the dream um, yeah. with that, you know, like the Otago style setup essentially, yes. which as I've always said is where I take the inspiration with, with that incorporation of yes. the club from. But... I think a lot of people don't understand all that goes into running an event um, like what you're yeah. doing. Yeah. Um, well, so Gabby's. The hours and all so, that, you know. Well, so Gabby's 
does it is in charge of it in terms of just the overall process. But Steph, yeah. uh, myself, and Paul, uh, uh, the, well, we're essentially the foot soldiers down here, um, going to meet and greet and, and trying to really build that opportunity. So, yeah, there's and there, and guys, there's been a lot of no's, um, a huge amount of no's. Got frustratingly hard. Hearing another no, another no, we have no money available, no, are oh, we uh, supporting more community events, um, another no, another no. You know, it got really hard and frustrating, and, but then we had some, we just got a little bit of momentum with a couple of key stakeholders, um, and, and all I, what I believe is if we get one of these stakeholders on, like a Tauranga City Council or someone, people will start saying yes, because they see that someone as big as them are backing it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's been the frustrating thing because we've been deeply aspirational and, and Dunedin, Dunedin Nationals was awesome. Um, but we're trying to go another tier above and um, we're trying to create greater leverage. You know, the weeks, the two weeks leading in, um, I am going to start taking, um, you know, Samara and them into schools. Um, we'll start talking to sports academies. We'll invite them to the Friday um, we're going to talk to there's so many old folks home retirement homes around here retirement villages we're going to go and I'm going to we're going to personally go in and invite them along you know bring them in bring our community connect them you know because um, that's about health and well-being and their movement as well um, you know try and take um, try and take uh, parts of my team through and train at different spaces not just cross at gyms but like um you know there's there's plenty of gyms around like flex fitness and that where we can go in and and say to people hey we're weightlifters we've got our nationals are down here if you'd love to come and look at it and check it out here's some it's free you know um it's through these days and and um it just try to really leverage off the event on the on the front end but then on the back end we want to create an event that is that we believe is worthy of our amazing community. Um, that that does suffice for a pinnacle event. Um, we're lucky in our sport that we can have, you know, it could be Ray the Masters lifter going up on the platform and lifting, and then um, and the way the sport's going, then some youth junior lifter coming and lifting straight after Ray, and then in the next breath a New Zealand rep um, come up and lift. You know, we, we have access to all those superstars of our sport and. Um, yeah, we're just so committed to growing it into something that we we know we can grow and leverage off um, and leverage our sport into greater opportunities. Do you think the growth in the last few years within the sport, like in, in New Zealand as a whole, has made that even a potential? Like, I mean, say five, ten years ago, would you have been able to talk to these people and get these meetings and even access some of this funding or some of these venues or, or would that have just been out of no. no, I don't think so because, but even now, mate, like we still have people, like if it was me turning up with a, with a senior um, Bay of Plenty rugby championship event, I'm pretty sure we'd get far more people putting money into it. But we can't let that get, you know, we can't let that get us down because um, that's a sucky bubber attitude in my opinion. So, um, we, we, what we've tried to push and promote is diversity, inclusion, accessibility. Because um, again, we have basically fifty-fifty participation rates, um, male to female. 
you know, we have multiple ethnicities competing, um, multiple ethnicities, and probably the best thing about our sport is we have multiple body body types and sizes because we've got ten different weight categories. Um, yeah, there's a space for everyone in terms of that. So um, that's that's what we've been really trying to do. The Sky Sport um, opportunity with Sky Sky Go or whatever it is, Sky Sport now. That's been a big part of our push seeing having that in our initial um so will they be involved at this event well yes so 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 they they provide the um the funding to support our stream our live stream which was just amazing last year um and and that creates a product that lives on you know um the the quality the quality of the coverage that's still available on youtube is just unreal um so we're really, really uh, trying to um, create, like you say, we create a greater chance for people to go, yes, I do know weightlifting. Yes, that is a sport that I can connect someone to. Oh, my auntie does that. My uncle does that. My nephew does that. You know, da-da-da does that. That's what we want to try and grow that instead of six degrees of separation to the sport, you know, maybe five in the next well, four degrees, you know, um, whereas generally someone knows someone who plays rugby or cricket or netball or something um yeah trying to bring weightlifting a little bit back from being so obscure um and i think we've got the figuratively the platform um to to uh did there. yes yeah to to create um that sort of awareness yeah you know? and i think like the the cool thing with all that is it, you're not just trying to do it to bring something for you like you, you can tell that the whole objective and the whole aim of wanting to have a successful event is because you want the sport to be seen and you want the sport to grow and you want opportunities in the future because um, I think sometimes you know people look at an event like this and they think oh they just want extra entries because they want the entry fee but the costs yeah. I imagine far outweigh any money that might yeah. come in like, oh, look if, if we were having that at Mount CrossFit a different story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we we're going to pocket ten grand of money. We're not. We're like, we want to make money, and actually, we're not. We're not afraid to say that because the sport's yeah. got to grow. That's where the sport's got to grow massively. We have got to move away from not being afraid to make and earn money from events because that's ridiculous. That's a that's not a sustainable model. You know, if we really want to pour some energy into referee and coaching development, we need cash. We need yeah. money. I'm, I don't. I don't care what people say. That shit doesn't ha- doesn't work. On I can't explain to my wife. You know. Oh, hey, I'm going away for another weekend again. And yes, it's at our expense. And yes, I'm away from you and the kids. It, that doesn't work, man. You know that doesn't work. We need to find avenues to grow financial wealth and and and, and depth in that space, so that we can, as a sport, start to promote the amazing people that live within it. You know, like we've got Tate Ryan Sione, who I was just about coaching. You know, the guy's a dad of two, um, husband. He is um, a car lover. He is a, a very, you know, successful in his work. He's a great story. Uh, my, I think one of the great stories for me is like Robert and Christina Jordan. Like, look at those two, you know, husband and wife, power couple. They both obviously find time for one another to go and train while they manage the kids. They both obviously work like, you know, um, 
and I'm not even talking about some of our superstars like David and, and Kana and Megan and and then I'm just talking about our everyday people, our our grassroots our, our grassroots people. Um, you know, uh, it's just our sport can't continue to grow these people in all these different spaces if we don't look at and feel okay with accepting money or earning money from our sport. Well, I think it's just if people's attitudes around that stuff, around weightlifting, asking for a bit more money, um, is going to be all pissy, all pissy about it, then they've got to go and find another sport, man, because we are trying our best to grow opportunities and access, and that means more coaches, better coaches, better coaches, um, and referees. Fucking referees, do, do you man. Think, do you think a lot of that attitude comes from historical roots? Like, um, I was having a chat, similar chat, with uh, Richie Wong just this past week um, we were having a chat about like pricing and coaching and how much is an online coach worth and those sorts of things and I think because when I was younger and this is looking at you know like 15 16 year old Hayden um, whenever I had a sports coach at that age it was essentially free like I imagine my parents probably paid some sort of registration fees and things to be involved but I don't remember having to be like paying for a coach, so to speak. But now yeah. that I'm in, I'm in the yeah. other scenario where I'm the coach and I'm working online and I like what you said um, about having to make time and work around family and all that sort of stuff. Like when you're coaching people, you're giving your time away. Um, you're choosing not to go make money yeah. from another thing or you're choosing not to go spend time. You know, you're sacrificing time that you could be spending with others. Um, but it's still something I struggle to get my head fully around. Like how much am I, am I worth as a coach? Um, and yeah, I, I don't know how you answer that sort of question, but I know that there's people that are, that are more, a lot more comfortable than me with asking, you know, putting a price on it. Um, yeah. But and that's it's, me. It's a, it's a strange that's... thing, and I think it's like a, almost a cultural thing with sports. Like, you'd never go to a doctor's office and ask for free advice. You know, like you wouldn't walk into the GP no. and say, hey, mate, um, I think I've got this problem. Do you reckon you can fix it? Um, yeah. Whereas, you know, almost everyone would be quite happy to send you, <laughs> send you a video or say, hey, Ray, can you help me with this? And more often than not, we're probably willing to spend a couple of minutes and look at someone's video and give them feedback because we love the sport. But it still takes away. If we do that all the time, it takes away from what we do, right? Yes. And, and and I think any sport, and even rugby, is still based on a big basis of volunteers. Yeah. But but you've got to have a structure in place that supports their growth. Yeah. Right? And, and I'm not I'm not asking for hundreds of thousands of dollars. No, of course I'm not. Asking for, I'm, I'm asking for money that supports growth. And, and we're talking two or three paid employees. At maybe a salary of sixty, you know, for like maybe a general manager and Graham, maybe I'd like to see that salary be around eighty grand, um, and then have some sort of support network for coaches either. And I think it needs to be a refereeing um, development um, space, and then maybe two two coaching coaching offices that that their job is to go around and and catch up with clubs and um, and and say, hey, what do you need? How can we support you? Um, oh, cool! You want to run a coaching workshop? Cool, let's put this together. You know, because um, because without those, because that's what rugby's done, haven't they? They they don't pay their grassroots coaches. Uh, and and I coached 
and rugby. I actually coached right up to Waikato 18s and was involved um, in some in some space with Chiefs 18s. Um, I got I got not a dime for it. Got plenty of good kit though. That was always good. Um, um, but uh, in saying that, there was a lot of development put into me by the union. Right? They I had, guess, you know, I guess the that's time. that's the thing with if like and looking at looking at someone like you or myself. I imagine if we if we take money as an individual from this you know from an athlete or or for our coaching, more often than not that money is used to go to a competition and that money is used yes, to upskill you as a coach. Yeah. <laughs> like the majority yeah. of it, because you love it, you actually end up investing and you make yourself better. Um, yeah. But that's yeah. that's sort yeah. of the, the priority I think when you're in it for the same reasons as as you and I are, right? Um, yeah. You're not going to be a millionaire and, by and coaching I, a weightlifting anyway. That's that's my perspective. Yeah. I do it because I love it, then, but it helps me to spend money on the sport and be better in the sport and not have to sacrifice as much, um, you know, yes. to to the sport. I can I can become better because of um, taking a little bit of money from that online coaching and stuff. It allows me to be a better coach. Yeah, yeah, and and it and and part of all of that is around that. And because you're going back to your original question, was is it historical? Well, last year was the 80th nationals right do you know how many people we've said this is our 81st event mm-hmm. that we've gone to talked about money and they've been like what and we're like yes yeah this is our 81st national event <laughs> you know and and i could be ruffling feathers a wee bit here but when i got into the sport i can only comment about what when i got into the sport i i don't know what prior to me prior to 2014 what was going on um i can only comment um, around being in Auckland um, and being um, a guy that um, that should have would, would have loved to have found the sport earlier, but didn't. You know, came in as a thirty year old, um, wanted to have a go. Right, the the access to our sport was fucking pathetic. It was mm-hmm. it was like trying to find a fucking needle in a haystack. You know, I'd look online and Google, it and it'd be like some fucking phone number and then I'd ring it and no one would answer then I'd text it and no one would text me back and then on some shitty sports ground fucking website um, and it was just he was a guy who was like keen as to get into it to learn to grow um, just nowhere to go you know um, and why why is that? Why, why is that? Probably because it's predecessors and this is my assumption its predecessors guarded the sport and kept it in a little dingy hall where there was a group of people that just um, succeeded with one another um, and didn't have the vision or potentially didn't have the resources Mm -hmm. to go out and say, hey, let's grow this sport. You know, because think about rugby, man. Like rugby started in England. And what was the premier game? Fucking football. What do you think they did? Do they just sit in a hall and play rugby with, with each other and that was it? And that was, no, that they pushed the game and they grew it. And, and then, you know, it's a, we all started somewhere as a sport, surely. Mm. But some people were far more active than others. That's probably the reality, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'd like, you know, I think the not even emphasizing money but having that in your mind it it probably like 
it just means you're more open to opportunity as well, right? Absolutely. Like, if you're how, not, how do you make things happen? Like, I mean, you have to have money to to put on an event, and you have to have money yeah. somewhere to have to have made you know someone have time to run it and to make it happen to a really high standard. Because if everyone's just volunteering their time for an event, you won't be able to make a world class event because, or you know, a high level national event because people just can't sacrifice that much of themselves when they, you know, when they can't yeah. get. It doesn't have to be something back like a big thing, but at least some sort of reimbursement to give them the opportunity to spend time and invest their own, you know, time and resource and effort into it. Yeah. Well, the, this is my, the responsibility for me on putting on a, a great event is for the Kellen Helms who, who, who works a full-time job and then programs for 60 people. It's for that Hayden Pritchard who's, you know, who's a, by day is teaching and doing all this and by night goes and gives up his time to do this. It's, it's, it's for those, it's the Nicole Kimrichs and it's the Tina Bulls and, and Simon Kent's and all these people out there that are creating not just great athletes, but great people. Well, I want to give them a pinnacle event to come together and yes, results are great. They are. And it's great. And I love watching it. I, I, I still like a, the 96 kg event last year with Isaac versus Robert, you know, um, it was amazing and all that stuff's cool. And I love coaching and, and seeing the success of the people I work with. But at the end of the day, when we get to the end of the event and we go, fuck yeah, another national's done. And that was awesome. And I'm glad to be part of that. And I want to come back next year. That's when we know we're winning, you know, I would hate to know that an athlete turned up to our event this year and that was the last event they turned up to because they thought, fuck, I paid X dollar for that. Dumb. You know, yeah, I want yeah. it to be absolutely pinnacle, absolutely pinnacle in experience where they can come together as their own community, where the nation barbells of this world can bring their kids and supporters all up after all the work they do for their fundraising and come up and fucking have a blast at the Mount celebrate or commiserate because you know that's our, that's our sport it's, yeah. fuck, you can do all this work and bomb out um but as a team you get together you get a rally around one another and you get up and support the next person and help out and bar load and everything like that and and that's what we want we want an event that captures that and yeah yeah an event needs money and things like that and i'm not afraid to ask for money or ashamed to ask for money for our sport but but I also put a lot of onus on myself. And when I initially spoke to Steph about um, hosting nationals, she bought into my vision quite quickly. And she's been probably the real driver behind this. And Paul has been amazing as well. Because um, we just believe that this is what our community deserves. Mm -hmm. That's the key point for me. This is what our community deserves, especially after COVID. Um, you know, because we don't know how people have been affected but I hope we can. Oh, well, I certainly know if we get the once we get the funding and that sort of this event's going to be huge. Yeah, and I think I think as you say, if if there's a little bit of hype and stuff created for it too, um, and being the only national level event, I imagine that in and of itself is going to draw people. Um, like I, I can't see people thinking, oh yeah, cool. I've I've been to a few local comps. You know, no disrespect to local comps, but everyone enjoys a national level event everyone likes coming together and, yeah i mean especially us coaches getting together and you know having the banter out back and you don't get yeah. that um 
but when we all come together, you get these big flights. There's lots of you know action happening and there's battles and yeah. I last year's nationals was a lot of fun and and I, and I really you know I hope that I can have a few few lifters up there that I can coach and that there's going to be a big turnout because it just makes it more fun for everyone. Um, you know, having those battles Absolutely. within each weight class and watching them is 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 all all part of it and it you can't get that when there's there's only a, a whole group of 16 but when you've got 200 lifters potentially yeah um it sounds like a fun weekend to me absolutely and 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 i think i've got to acknowledge that i coach athletes that have got big aspirations but part of and though a couple of them are over here the other night at our house you know like win or lose win or lose we have fun you know <laughs> That's it. Like the sport is, if we're not doing something for fun, then um, and and that goes for coaches and volunteers as well, man. Coming to an event with two, like you say, with two hundred potentially athletes, and so think about two hundred athletes. How many coaches is that? Thirty, forty, fifty? How many? How many referees is that? You know, how, how many juries and how many this and how many that? Mate, fuck, that's a big event, man, let alone supporters. That's an event where 700, 700 800 people potentially could be involved in, in somewhere or, or another through the week, let alone inviting schools and academies and old, you know, retirement home, retirement village people and, and um, you know, sponsors and, and all that thing. Mate, that, that's, what we're, that's what we're after. We, we want an event where you walk in and the atmosphere is buzzing every single session, um, you know, where we kick off with our youngest females and the event is just pumping to the to the heaviest males at the end um, and the event is just electric. That's what we want. Um, again, and I believe it's because, because Steph and I and Paul, we want and believe that this is what our community deserves. That's what and we want. There's nothing about do. greed. I, I can't yeah. imagine yeah. either of you trying to do a half-ass job. <laughs> no. No, not at all, not at all. And um, and again, I think that's been the beauty of the relationship with Steph. She is very forward um, and direct. Um, and Paul's been a real asset. Paul, so Paul's actually he was part of the organising committee that actually won the bid to get the Pacific Rim um, gymnastics down here. Um, it was cancelled because of COVID, but it would have been the first time, which is the equivalent of an oceanic event. Oh, um, wow. So he's just been an asset for us. Gymnastics is a different space, a far greater represent. Like they were like twelve hundred athletes. Um, so you can think with support crew and everything like that. It's a big, big, big event. Um, but yeah, he's been a very, um, very influential, integral piece of this um, organisation, which has been cool. All right. I'm, yeah. I'm going to have to cut us off. Yeah, because mate. I do have couple of other things to get to today um but i don't know if we said this last time but let's try and uh make it a bit sooner between uh, the yes chats. yes i know i know i'm so keen because i've got a couple of people actually i'm going to approach I'll, I'll message you about them but Sweet. um one one locally as well uh, with who i think she would be i've got to get i've got to ask her first but i think she would be um a very cool person to have on cool cool man yeah i i, I always love it when we have a chat together um, but it's also yeah. nice to have someone else on there as well because, uh, you know, may, may, maybe they help us guide a bit more because we kind of go back and forth across a few things. But um, <laughs> where can people find you, Ray? Yep, you can still find me at, um, on Instagram at Ray underscore Everest. And, of course, our Weightlifting Yarns um, Instagram is up as well. 
Cool, man. And you guys can find me at HJP Method. But that's us. So cheers, Ray. Thanks for the chat. Always enjoyable, mate. Thanks, Bert. Sweet. See you. Later.